they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm Eastbound, just watch no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out cause we got... Welcome to Highway Freak. I'm Bry Guy, the Road Dog, your host. Standing by, my brother from another mother, it's J-Man, the Snarl. And then we have Wild Man Will, along with his mother, Indian Lady Trucker Janet. So we're real truckers, we're real life, and boy, have we got news this week, guys. So many things has happened. Um, I want to start with a funny uh, experience Regina tour campaign. Um, absolutely hilarious. Um, People are getting kind of confused. They think it's experienced vagina. And um, the song actually sounds very much like it. And apparently the tourism of Regina has actually pulled the ad. Because, you know, it goes Regina, experience Regina. But people are getting pretty confused. So, uh, and let's face it, Regina is a bit of a hole anyway. So, yeah, I said it. I got caught. The other last week, and I was stuck in front of a train track, and you guys didn't plow the roads. So, yes, I'm going to put a hate on you. Jay, you got some interesting news about a tornado that hit Los Angeles? What the heck? Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is the story of my life. I always miss stuff. Um, it happened yesterday. I left, I left Los Angeles at uh, 10 o'clock Tuesday night. So I just miss this thing, and that's the story of my life. I mean, um, I have been close to, so close to, to disasters that I've missed by either 15 minutes or a matter of three or four hours, and it's been like that through my whole trucking career. But anyway, um, apparently, it was there were two tornadoes this week. Um, not in in Los Angeles, but in Southern California. But this one was the worst. Uh, 110 mile an hour winds. Um, two people dead. Now, well, they say two people were hurt. Okay. So I think they updated. I think they thought maybe two people were killed, or there was a report, or something like that. But it turned out that there was two two people hurt. Yeah, but Montebello. damage. Yeah. Um, downtown Los Angeles. Crazy. Wherever that is, um, Los Angeles is so bloody big that, you know, you know what where it is, is downtown? I'm going to tell you what it is. I know this for a fact. Mother Nature's taking Ozempic. That's what it is. Okay. Well, Everybody's been talking about the Ozempic and how it causes, you know, things coming out from both ends and heart problems. Mother Nature's taking Ozempic. Well, what's your, uh, what's your news? Canada um, itself has experienced a lot of um, you know, rises in price of food and um, nutrients and stuff. And I mean, people are people are literally dumbfounded right now at this point. I'm I'm pretty sure they are in the U.S. as well. But I ended up finding out that one of the one of the very main root causes of this, and I I want to educate everybody on um, what quotas are. So farmers. Uh, are only allowed a certain amount of quotas. The quotas allow you to uh, sell, like, say, 20, 30,000 gallons, you know, milk here, there, you know. So uh, um, the issue is uh, a lot of these farmers, you know, say, you know, they, they got, like, 
100,000 liters of milk, right? Well, their quota only allows for 30,000. And now, you know, uh, by law, this is this is weird. But by law, they have to dump the leftover milk. It can't even be donated to food banks or anything. And right now, we're seeing the same uh, issues with all of your produce. So um, the main fix to this would be the government allowing farmers to, um, you know, purchase quotas or, you know, um, you know, do, do something that allows the farmers to fully get rid of their supply because right now uh the 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 way it it stands right like um what 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 the government is doing is uh making it so uh the food prices um actually go higher right because less quantity the 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 more it costs right so right now they're they're blaming uh food uh, food shortages on you know like six six different things but the truth of the matter is it's it's the farmers that are having to you know uh dump their milk uh their chickens aren't producing eggs now you know uh the 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 quality of the feed has gone down there's a baby there's companies that are being forced right now to dump baby formula so uh when you go to the shelves in in like Walmart and you see them empty this is why right so um I feel like we need to like uh, um, address this in a way that not only helps the farmers out, but helps out uh, every citizen uh, on Earth because it, it it affects everybody, right? Exactly. Yep, I agree. Um, I was well, actually talking. Uh, I was talking my, to my, my team. Go ahead, Jay. Well, my feeling is is the government should just keep the goddamn hands out of it. Yeah. Um, there should have never been allowed to be a quota system. I agree. Um, yeah, true. It's just another example of the government getting its little fingers into everything and screwing it up. Yeah, they, they do that so they can jack up the prices, right? Well, it's you're going to find behind every... Um, well, just, just, just think of it this way. Um, behind every ridiculous uh, quota or seasonal law is a very wealthy politician. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and bills that and have been that, and, that, and that's all it boils down to, and that's all it boils down to. I don't understand the the quota. Why, why would you even limit the farmer to selling uh, uh, this many liters or that many liters or gallons, whatever? It, uh, right now, uh, it looks to me like uh, they're trying to create competition because there's so many companies out there right now, and they keep just keep popping up every year. But um, quotas. I mean, it it it, it kind of confines uh, not only the farmers but society to only uh, producing and eating uh, a certain amount, you know. And if, if 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 I remember correctly, it's even illegal for the farmer to to just uh, keep all the milk. They have to they have to dump it. Like right now, you can go on Google and search up milk dumping, and it'll come up. Oh yeah. Search up. Um, baby formula uh, being dumped or whatever, you'll find it. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it's it's not much different than the government regulating our our speed limits, where we're governed at a certain speed, and that's the way it is, right? Yeah. Uh, it's limiting the income of the worker. Go and go and uh, um, Google the history of speed limits. 
you're going to be dumbfounded because you'll have no idea what it had to do with. It had nothing to do with safety. It had to do with catching gangsters selling booze to kids. Wow. Google it. There's your next topic. Speaking of topics, guys, this is number visit number 27. And in my world, two and seven make nine. And out Will and, and uh, Janet and uh, I are all nine. As you know, Jake, this, you're the lowest. Yeah. And that usually means a good, a good luck podcast. So that's what this is going to be. So my topics tonight, I'll say mine are, um, we're going to go over the seven factors track truckers look for in a trucking job, okay? Now, Janet, I know you did something similar, but this is uh, dated, and what they're now looking for in 2023, I thought we'd find uh, this very intriguing. And something I'm now starting, and this is really cool, um, we're going to say the creepiest urban legend in the United States. I'm going to do one from every state, and it will put the hairs on your head will stand up. Because I'm telling you, some creepy-ass stuff. So, um, Will, I know you uh, have a, what you're, what you're going to talk about tonight. What are you going to talk about tonight? I'm going to lay out Trudeau's uh, approach ahead of uh, Biden for um, for China. It uh, <laughs> We got some serious did, issues happening say, right now. Did you say, hold on, did you say Trudeau's a roach? <laughs> 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 Uh, Roach, yeah, you know, you know that that would be one nickname for him, but yeah. As Ralph Mel from Happy Days once said, "I still got it." Okay, so Jay, what's what's your topic? Well, we are going to talk about Highway 49 and Highway 61 in Mississippi. Okay, all right. Because I'm going to tell you, it has a fantastic legend. Let's just put it this way. The legend influenced countless rock and roll stars. Really? E- even an inf- infamous club. I can't wait to hear that. And Janet, what's your topic tonight? Well, ironically, uh, one of my topics kind of leads into your topic. Um, another trucking company, big one, bites to death. And uh, I'll also be giving warning signs. Uh, as to a company that's about to look at financial hardship or closing their doors. And my oh. second, my second uh, portion will be on uh, Daimler truck recalls. Okay. So was, was their motto uh, excellence on wheels or x lax on wheels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't them. Oh, no, no, this is this is this is a large company based out of Florida. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. So, Will, I know you're biting at the bit. You're excited to tell everybody about your topic. So, run away to the race, there, rabbit. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've heard about these quote-unquote Chinese spy balloons, right? Um, there's also like, you know, the implementation of smart cities and right now um i don't know trudeau is trying to set up for smart cities right now uh aka 15 minute cities and china is seems to be heavily involved in this and there there's something going down uh momentarily uh with justin trudeau and uh a china meeting 
Uh, and he is going to be teaming up with uh, President Biden on, on this, which, you know, I mean, without getting political on this, um, just going to say, you know, doing something over again and expecting the same result is the exact definition of insanity. And, uh, I mean, we've been stuck, with, Canada has been stuck with Trudeau for eight years now. Uh, Biden has been in there for for enough time. <laughs> I don't really see anything good coming from this. Uh, everybody, like, there's, there's there's talks, okay, about TikTok being completely banned in the U.S. right now because uh, there's certain things that can be shown on TikTok that can't be shown anywhere else, and China's heavily involved in that. So uh, right now, uh, it, it, co- it coincides with a lot of the social medias, um, uh, getting put on blast right now, such as Twitter, right, which um, Elon Musk has exposed as as um, being kind of like uh, an FBI kind of kind of thing going on there. They collect information, you know. You you've heard about the Facebook hacks and the Twitter hacks and all that other stuff, man. I'm I'm telling you, like they're they're selling information left, right, and center right now. And this meeting uh, that's that's going to be happening is is a little bit worrisome. So uh, I don't know if if uh, I I don't know whether you like Trudeau or whether whether you dislike Trudeau. Uh, he's got a lot more dislike uh, in certain parts of Canada right now. <laughs> um, well, I, I like I like Trudeau as much as my hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that that that's almost a good way of putting it. But uh, Trudeau. I, Trudeau is a hemorrhoid. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, that, that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, these these G7 meetings, bro. There's something that goes down at these G7 meetings that we don't know about. They're all like closed in, and it, uh, it's it's going to be also uh, around April 1st. Mark this on your calendar. It's going to be April 1st, where all the taxes will go up. They're they're trying to fight right now for uh, a tax increase of 14 cents, I, I think it's per liter, on gasoline for just tax. So it's, uh, yeah, we're in for a wild ride, bro. Yeah, and that's over and above the taxes they already have on there. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's a brand, brand, new, brand new thing coming in April 1st. Plus, our wonderful Canadian Prime Minister will be calling back more of the CERB screwing out all those Canadians that thought they were getting an income tax because basically they say, and I don't believe this for one minute, but they say the government is officially broke from the COVID experience. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, they print money every yeah. day. It couldn't, <laughs> it couldn't possibly happen, happen to be because of all the money he gives. I mean, it couldn't be that. I mean, it or couldn't all, be all the, the billions, the, you know, that he's, that he's got. I mean, I agree. I agree with him 100%. So it's got to be COVID. <laughs> guy's a village yep. idiot. Yep. I'm just saying that it's, it's a bunch of crap. Fine, bring the people out. Get the people out of there. Don't finance their bloody war. That's my money. So, Janet. You uh, you got some reference to uh, a company going out of business. I, I definitely want to hear about that. Um, oh, by the way, we should probably take a break. Tonight, we're going to hear another this song, and this one is really quite unique. It's off their uh, album, Alive, which you can get it off Fist Music or their uh, paper merch. 
uh, .com uh, site for Fist, or you can actually go to Fist Music on Facebook, and you can find links there as well. But uh, the song is called Rise Up, and it is a very unique chorus. If you guys have not heard it, it's really, really good. Really good. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Janet will tell you all about the company that failed in trucking. And we're back. Did you guys happen to know that it was National Puppy Day? No, I did not. Yeah, did, no, did, I did, did not. Did you know if it was National Puppy Day? What do you think, buddy? <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, he, he was eating a strawberry cheesecake, and he says, no, Dad, I didn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> now he wants ice cream, too. No, no, he's got treats. Grandma made them yesterday. Oh. Little, the little bugger's got these wonderful pumpkin coconut treats, and he freaking loves them, so I'll give him two a day. But Grandma actually made him dog treats. Did she make me cookies? No. Did she make Bandit cookies? Yeah. Bandit's her baby. That's why. So, so you want, did you want to, you want to wish Zephyr a National Puppy Day there, Jake? I think she knows it's. I think she knows it's National Puppy Day, and that I didn't even know about it because she's not looking at me. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I get that at least 20 times a day. How about your entourage there, Janet? Do they know? No, I don't think they do. They're always just begging for attention no matter what. So. <laughs> oh, for them it's National Begging Day every day? Yeah, yeah. Give me more affection, uh, Mom. Not giving there you go. Don't so forget, you got to be 24-7, you know? <laughs> that's right. So you got some news of a trucking company in Florida. Uh, go figure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that about? Yeah, uh, Flagship Transport LLC out of Florida uh, has closed their doors. It's left 405 drivers with jobs. Uh, a good portion of them are owner-officer lease-offs. Um, there's been no contact to the drivers from the company in about a week. Um, they were talking about, oh, we've changed banks and this and that, so... There's a little bit of a glitch in the system. We gotta pay you by check instead of deposit. Yeah, first warning sign. Um, and then the checks bounced, and then of course they close the doors, and nobody's able to contact anybody now. Um, Arel, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. A R E L Trucking is one of the largest uh, fleets operating under the flagship, and they have 380 trucks and drivers. Uh, most of them are owner ops under that company and are owed an average of between $5,000 and $20,000. Uh, the companies that are owned by Flagship Transport are AQI Logistics, uh, Gables Transport, Inc., and they also have a freight brokerage called GAT, G-A-T, Logistics. Um, they even, ironically, on the 14th of March had an ad-out for owner-operators, and they were looking for local port work to be done. Oh. Yeah, ironically. Sounds like a scam. Very much so. Well, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, things are tight and this and that. But, you know, if a company is run correctly, they can weather the, the downs, the lows in the industry, Right. But it all has to. It all comes down to management, right? Exactly. If the company is not managed and run correctly. 
you know, and they're looking for brand new this, brand new that, or one of the big warning signs, of course, is a company that only does owner-operators and has no trucks of their own. That's another warning sign. Um, so now we'll get into the warning signs of what to look for when a, when a company is kind of questionable or is starting to head in that direction. And driver perks being eliminated, such as um, free coffee or maybe the company has regular barbecues that aren't being done anymore or suddenly they're not having a Christmas party when they normally have a Christmas party. Um, benefits are paying, suddenly... Paying, paying, paying for the toilet paper, I've actually heard that. Not a word of a lie. I know that sounds funny, but yeah. actually some truckers have to pay for toilet paper at companies. Yeah, but you know, I can see where that comes in. Having worked in the office now, um, I, I can't tell you how many rolls of toilet paper go missing in a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. But another another warning sign is vendor dis, dissatisfaction. So your mechanics, um, lease companies, or those kind of things where they're not getting paid on time. And they're not wanting to do repairs and that kind of stuff. Um, when middle management is starting to look for work, if they're starting oh. to apply elsewhere, that's usually another sign. Um, a lot of closed-door meetings suddenly out of nowhere. You know, you can't reach upper management because, oh, they're in a meeting. Um, too many layovers. More layovers than normal. Um, suddenly the work slows down or suddenly you're on a reset where you've booked three or four days off and you're getting called in early because they don't have enough drivers, which brings me to the next one, which is the revolving door. Um, when experienced drivers, you know, senior drivers, really good drivers with impe impeccable uh, safety records are starting to walk away, you know that's a warning sign. Um, fuel card issue. Suddenly the fuel card isn't working. Oh, try again in the morning. And then they, they, you know, they feed a little bit of money to the fuel company, the fuel card company, and suddenly it works again. <clears throat> or you can't get advances when you used to be able to. Um, there's actually so many things. Uh, rubber paychecks, paychecks bouncing, or late pay. That's another one. If they used to, you know, if the pay, pay period, um, you're supposed to be getting paid on a Saturday or a Sunday, and they used to pay you on the Friday before the weekend. Now suddenly it's Monday or Tuesday of the following week. That's another warning sign. That's an early warning sign. Um, major changes in upper management or middle management where people are getting shuffled around, fired suddenly for no reason, morning, morning. Um, wrong people being promoted. I know of a company right now that's been doing that recently over the last half. Um, <laughs> or multiple bad hires. Again, I know a company that's been doing that. <laughs> um, suddenly, you've got dispatchers that aren't in the country. They're outsourcing their dispatch oh. to other countries. Again, no, I know of a company doing that. Uh, <clears throat> suddenly your, your truck or your trailer breaks down as company equipment and they're asking you to cover the cost and they'll reimburse you. So if your one. dispatcher is in Pakistan, it might be a cause to worry? 
Yeah. Here's your side. Okay. Here's <laughs> you know, your side. Right. That would be that would be the bloody day that I would pay. You would be surprised. To have I wouldn't do it. There's no way. I would leave it on the side of the road and get on a bus. Yeah. There is no damn way I'm subsidizing your business. Yeah, exactly. And another another warning sign is the equipment isn't being repaired. It's being reported but okay. not repaired. You know? Um, or they're saying, Oh, can you limp it in? Now if it's a minor issue, fine. But if you've got a major issue on a truck or a trailer, that's an actual safety issue. And they're saying, oh, well, you'll be back in town tomorrow for a couple of days. Get it back here. That's the problem. If they're not fixing the stuff on the road, you know that there's a problem with money. Um, one more thing is if suddenly your company is being pulled in for more and more inspections. Ah. You know, you go, because I've been with some companies, great companies, where I've only ever in, you know, in a three-year period gotten pulled in once for a full level one. And then I've also been with companies where it seems like every other month I'm getting pulled in. So these are these are warning signs to let you know that the company isn't as stable as, as it should be and you should be looking elsewhere. Actually, it's funny you do that because this leads into my topic. Exactly. It's yeah, yeah, this is what truck drivers look for now in a trucking job. And the first thing I'm sure you guys would all guess is that thing called pay. Yes, not a big surprise here. Um, above standard industry pay based upon expertise in the industry. If your company is offering pay less than the industry average, it's a shoddy company. Drivers look for uh, um, opportunities in well, anywhere from bonuses, overtime pay, better layover, to continuous pay. The bottom line is if the drivers are not capable of funding these things, then it's not competitive pay. They shop around for a company that offers them that. So that's the first one. Okay. What do you think the second one is, guys? What do you think the number two, uh, and you guys all should know this. The ability to get a raise. No, we talked about them the first. The first is pay. Yeah, but some, some companies. What do all families would want in a job that have to oh, uh, benefits. benefits? Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. They look for health insurance benefits. Drivers want a full benefit package. They look for the best coverage at the reasonable cost of what their paycheck can absolve. Uh, drivers with families look to cover as many family members as possible, and they look for deductibles as well, because you can have a great benefit plan, but if your deductible's, you know, $2,000 on your dental plan, probably not a good idea. Number three is a very important one, and I know you and I, Jay, definitely look at this as a retirement plan, because drivers look for as much retirement options as possible, because when you get up our ages, uh, you know, I'm 59, uh, we'll just say you're 50 something. We'll leave it at that. Um, the average age you of a truck. <laughs> you dick! The first, the first poke of the night. Paul, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually get the poke in first, so. Well, I was going to be nice today, but that's it. Okay, there you go. The average age of truck drivers is now 49. Isn't that amazing? I did not know that. So they look at 20 years before leaving the steering wheel for a relaxed way of life. 
They look for proof RSPs, matching contributions, are big factors drivers look for, their profit sharing available, vacation paid and paid sick leave. Number four is the type of runs and ranges. Is it a long haul, coast to coast, or is it am I home on weekends? Uh, is it a dedicated runner? Can I pick my own loads going south? A lot of companies do not have that. I am happy to say that our company does have it, and it makes a big difference in our pay. It really does. Because if we're waiting for the dispatchers to plan our loads south, we'd be frying hamburgers at McDonald's. That's for damn sure. Right, Jay? Definitely while we're waiting for a load. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, if it's a long haul and I spend more time in the truck, is there a good compensation package? Number five is the type of schedule and paid time off. The average driver works 70 hours per week. If you didn't know that, freaks and geeks out there. And goes eight days before taking one day off, generally. Um, many drivers have families and children, and the job involves sacrificing family time, like Christmas, New Year's, Easter, uh, birthdays, the list goes on and on. So days off involve getting paid, which is another big consideration. We have two more, the training and development. Good training, especially for new drivers. Paid training and orientation, going to a new company. Better training with a company leads to more loyalty to that company. More and more drivers are interested in professional development opportunities, such as being a trainer or in a position of safety, which I am not, never will be, never have, and you can say ditto to that. The type of haul and equipment. Drivers take into account preferences and specializations in type of hauling, special CDL endorsements, hazmat, never. Drivers inquire about skill levels and specialized training. Is the equipment well-maintained? Does the truck have the right required horsepower for the weight hauled? Hmm. Interesting. Ponder on that. Safety apparatus on trucks such as automatic braking system and lane assist radar systems are also considerations now for drivers getting trucking jobs. Hmm. Another thought. Does monotonous, useless, repetitive training justify someone's position and safety affect the driver's ability to keep the job? Hmm. Maybe. Which boils down to the three top trucker concerns. Safe truck parking, fuel prices, and driver compensation. Get it? Yes. <laughs> all, all, all the above. All the above, yeah. All the above. Most yeah. of these questions. There we go. Well, and, so. and two, there are companies out there that they don't tell you that there is there are raises coming, you know. Um, I know some of the companies I've worked for, they'll say, well, you get a raise after so many miles or after so many months. Um, and I've also worked for companies that go, nope, here it is. This is where it's going to be, you know. So here's a question, guys. I didn't want to get on this topic, but I know Jay's going to just jump at this. Does monotonous courses on an experienced driver, a positive or a negative? It's enough to make me leave. Why, Jay? Because it's a bunch of horseshit. Elaborate. I, okay, I don't need to take the same course. Not fine, hey man, I'll take your course. That's great. Okay, I might actually learn something. The sixth time around taking the same course, now you're just pissing me off. You're wasting my time because one, well, I either got to do it on my day off, or right. I got to come in and do it, and I have to log that time. Right, and you, and you know what you also know. happens there? A lot of companies hold the safety bonuses as hostage. 
and, and, and uh, I'm not going to get into any names, but they do that just to justify some trainer's job. And I, I agree with you, so we'll stop. Here's their argument. You become complacent. That's their argument. Yeah. And you I, know what? You want to hear You want to hear a story about complacency? Sure. We had a province at one time that had uh, um, every insurance company under under the sun, okay? And they started pulling that complacency bullshit. And they were canceling people's insurance because according to their models, they were due for a accident because of complacency. Guess what BC has now? ICBC. Right, right. You're my favorite. You know what? You're my, you're my favorite test tube baby. You know what? <laughs> that, that one is old as that dinosaur in your cape. Hey. Hey. Yeah. I should do that as a topic one night. Um, I that? don't know if you guys... Uh, do you remember when they were doing the it, 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 uh, test tube babies back in the 80s? Yeah. 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 Okay. Do you, do you remember the protests? A lot of people don't no, remember. Really. Okay. Well, the church was actually protesting that these test tube babies uh, would be born without a soul. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It was, it was huge, man. I remember. It was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I always pick on you. Howdy. You soulless, you soulless, soulless bastard. <laughs> but nowadays, like a, a, like a mother and father that can't have children can walk into a clinic and they can go, I want that brown one with those blue eyes, with those t that color curly hair, and I want that one as well. So then they're called. They're called. They're basically called cuts, and they are actually being done. Um, like places in California, they do it all the time. Like California does lots of crazy things. They stick hoses up their butts and think it's a, that's a great enema. So at first, yeah. But I mean, you know what? You know what would really impress me if I could actually go pick out a baby and say, like, what kind of a job does it come with? <laughs> um, uh, what kind of an income is this thing going to bring me? Uh, can I take it home like a car and, you know, kick the tires a little bit? Uh, let it, you know, run it around the house a little bit, check it out, see if, it, see if it's going to fit? <laughs> That's kind of oh, I'm going to get hate mail. I'm going to get hate oh, mail. Oh, you will, you will. Oh, yeah, I'm a hateful bastard. <laughs> That's, that's kind of like dogs, right? That's, you know, you, you always get these people that get, because I was in the rescue game, uh, you know, months back, and that's kind of like dogs, because they, they say, oh, it's a nice puppy, and then the puppy gets bigger, and it gets bigger paws, and it's got more of an appetite, and then they go, oh, he's too big, I gotta drop him off at the pound, and guess what happens? That dog gets put to sleep, because that dog's the bigger dog, and usually it can be the more controversial breed, such as what I own. Right? I have an American Bulldog and Pit, and um, I always think about his rescue and where uh, he would be if I wasn't around. He wouldn't exist on the surf. All right. Hey, so I think it's time to take a break, um, and this is a really good break. We are going to listen to a great song from Fist. It's called Rise Up. It's off their album, Alive. Check it out. Download it, and enjoy.
Richard, we're back. Man, I really love... The more I listen to uh, Fist, the more I love their their work. Your daughter's a big uh, fan, too, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, actually, so's uh, her stepdad. Her stepdad loves Fist. Oh, that's so, Jonathan, yeah. You're, you're, yes, Jonathan. Yeah. yeah, and you got Caitlin as a teenager, which is kind of rare that a teenager likes an 80s band, because nowadays they just like that electro bubblegum crap pop shit. <laughs> oh, no, Caitlin... Caitlin's been listening to, oh, stuff from the early 60s. You know, and of I mean, course, you do know what you get when you play a country record back backwards, right? Yeah, but I can't remember. Doesn't your wife come home? To no, you get your dog living. back. You get your wife back. You get your back. dog back. Yeah, you get your cousin back. Yeah, you get your car back. You get your cousin back. I thought it was, I thought it was your Ford start. <laughs> Well, they all. I said, and they're full. I, I thought it was your Ford starts because all them country country guys drive Ford trucks. So <laughs> no, you got to say it like country. That's uh, I got my truck. Yeah. Say it, Janet. I got my truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Jay. What's 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 your your mind? All right, my topic. We are gonna. Take a little walk back into history, and it's without this gent, some say we wouldn't even have rock and roll. Now, as the legend goes, now, before I give you his name, he was the very first member of the famous 27 Club. Do you know what the 27 Club is? Janis Joplin, Jimmy Hendrix, um, the little guy from, what was that kid's name, from uh, Nirvana? I thought it was 27 all... of your last girlfriend's. Nope, 27 years old, they all died. Oh, wow. Now, I'm talking about Robert Johnson. Now, the legend goes is when his wife and child died, um, he picked up the guitar and started teaching himself how to play guitar. And um, this is in the Delta Blues area of Mississippi it, during the 1930s. Now, he basically played on street corners at the Odd Club, you know, this and that, just to get by. Um, he was mediocre at best, okay? Then one day, he disappeared. And he was gone for about, this is all the legend, the legend. He was gone for about a year. And when he came back, he could play like no other. He was a master guitar player. He was uh, uh, just a, a, an amazing blues artist. Now... The legend goes that he went down to the crossroads. Now, everybody's heard of the crossroads. And um, Clapton sings about it. Ralph, Ralph Macchio was in a movie about it, the crossroads. Um, he went to the corner. I have the highway numbers. And it's an actual place that people actually visit this place. Um, and if they know anything about uh, Robert Johnson. And it's uh, Highway 49... And Highway 61 in the Delta, in the in the Mississippi Delta, and he stood on the stood at the crossroads, and Satan came and tuned his guitar. Now, in his short career of only seven months, he recorded 29 famous hits. Uh, he only had two studio sessions. Such as those. Such as. Uh, such as what? You said 29 famous hits. I mean, 29. Well, they weren't. They weren't famous. What am I thinking? 
they weren't famous to us. They were famous to the people in the Mississippi Delta. I don't even know what they are. Um, there's no list of his songs. Like this is like, but he was an influence to Zeppelin, Clapton, the Beatles, uh, Billy, Bill Haley and the Comets, Elvis. Uh, the list goes on and on. Janis Joplin, Hendrix, um, probably most likely musicians today. I mean, he's considered in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the world's first rock star, and he only per- and he only performed in in uh, nightclubs, CD bars. Like, but he's a legend. That's my. I actually want to go there. I would actually like to check it out, um, see what's there. That's my topic. So, what uh, nationality was he? He was. Uh, he was. Well, I guess you would call him now African American. Oh, okay. Back then, they didn't call him that. And it, it, when did he die? Uh, he died in nineteen. Uh, he died in nineteen thirty-eight. Uh, I have no idea how. Or- Okay. He was just he was just found dead in his hotel room. Okay. They didn't have all that. They didn't have all the uh, plus back in those days. Okay, it's nineteen it's nineteen thirty eight, um, Mississippi. Um, was that the inspiration for the devil went down to Georgia? Yes, it was. There you go. It's also the inspiration. I went down to the crossroads from from Clapton, the movie the movie Crossroads with uh, um, Ralph Macchio where he meets that old man that teaches him to play the blues and uh, he's yeah. running from the devil dogs. Yeah. That's I own, the, I own. That, that is the story. That is the story of Robert Johnson. Cool. Yeah. Coolio. And he, uh, first member of the, tw- the famous 27 Club, which I thought was pretty harsh. But now, um, if you look up the 27 Club now, uh, they've started adding actors. Uh-huh which I, I really don't think is right because it was always musicians, always musicians. Um, it didn't, they didn't start adding actors until River Phoenix. Right. You know, and my feeling is go start your own damn club. Hey! At first I thought, at first I thought of when I was thinking about it, um, I actually thought uh, James Dean was a member, but um, he died at 24, so. But it's a cool story. Um, to everybody knows, I mean, there's no shortage of, uh, I mean, in 1950, when Bill Haley did, did, uh, uh, rock around the clock, which everybody knows if they've watched, uh, happy days, the opening song, um, when he sang that, it was deemed devil's music. Um, you've heard the stories of playing records backwards. You'd hear messages from Satan. Um, uh, what went on with, uh, Judas Priest. Remember Judas Priest, those two kids that committed suicide, claiming they heard uh, satanic messages in their music. Uh, sure, yeah, right. Um, I mean, there's no shortage. Uh, I often wonder, I often wonder if Robert Johnson would not have lived if any of this um, uh, kind of satanic uh, link to rock and roll would have, if it would have existed. I'll tell you one thing. Maybe rap might have died. Oh, I hope so. Because that stuff. I wish it would. Well, if I want to hear rap, I'll get somebody to read me Dr. Seuss with a backbeat. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, I think you got another topic. Let's hear it. Okay, so um, last week, the FBI arrested a man alleged to be, quote-unquote, Pom Pom Purin. This guy was the administrator 
of the infamous uh, breach forums, which is, I guess, a, a platform that people use to dump uh, collected data. Um, it's it, the, the, the charges on possessing a lot of this stuff is, is, is really big. So um, this is kind of a, a big hit to a lot of the hacking. Um, well, the uh, well, not not I guess not the white hat side of things, but the black hat side of things. Um, when people hack your accounts and 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 you and you don't know how they did it, like they go to places like uh, this this place called Breach Forums. There's there's other ones. Uh, I'll, I'll say the first name Hack. You fill in the blank. But there's uh, people go to these places to pay money for people's uh, usernames and passwords and emails and credit card info and there's uh, hundreds of thousands if not millions of of credentials released every year so um the the this could mean um a, a slowdown on you know the, the the scammers right um you'd probably pay around the neighborhood of 15 to 20 dollars usd for a list of i don't know let's say twenty thousand credit cards and you know it has expiry date whatever else on it they get it from places like facebook and um uh well not not, not so much twitter i guess but like TikTok and, and stuff like that people where, where people use their credit cards or their debit cards to pay for games that are connected through facebook or um you, you know other sources like that it it has um been uh i guess a conspiracy for a little bit as to whether um facebook was connected with you know uh high government agents which uh, i mean it's it's almost proven to be so uh but this this uh this raid was kind of like uh another one that sees the uh platform called raid forums another place to sell this this data but um I don't know what's going to happen with this with this guy. They're not uh releasing his full name. So, um they 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 only release a name called uh Banfulment and uh you know, it, it I it it's just uh it, it this almost kind of reminds me of the Silk Road takedown where like so the this uh, if you don't know what the Silk Road is, it it used to be like the dark website of things where you we're able to buy drugs and guns and stuff and get them shipped over the border because, you know, customs checks a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, maybe if you're in the airport, they do, but when you're shipping stuff, uh, they, they, they've kind of, you know, uh, hatched down on that. But, yeah, it's it's uh, this is a big hit to the Black Hat community. So um, hats off to that, I guess. Uh, this guy is probably going to be serving a lot of years in jail. As always, you always never cease to amaze me with your topics. Uh, another hit out of the park for Wild Man Will, number nine. Okay, so um, I want to talk about something. Um, this is something I stumbled upon, and I was so fascinated with it, I thought, wow, we got to keep doing this. This is so good. Anyway, it's the creepiest urban legends in the United States. And we're going to start with Alabama, okay? It's called Dead Children's Playground, okay? Oh, yes. Okay, 
um, the playground is adjacent to Maple Hill in Huntsville, Alabama. It's one of the oldest cemeteries. And the playground was originally created for kids while parents visited the loved ones in the graveyard. So legend has it that the spirits of children who were buried in the cemetery come out to play at night. Now, this started happening in 1822, rather, when observed orbs of light were seen going down the slide, and they were seen swinging, moving on their own, and even giggling could be heard. Now, creepier still, some say the spirits also include victims of a rash of child murders that actually happened in the 1960s. Bodies were discovered at that exact same playground, posing it for a very, very long time. You see, the playground had to be reopened in 1985, so you can imagine how the pent-up energy of the tiny little spirits had after 163 years without a slide. Now, in 2007, Huntsville, Alabama tried to raise the park and make more room for the graves and remove the slides and swings overnight, thus disturbing the nearby childlike spirits there. And they say to this very day, you can hear them and see them if you are at the right moment in time. Creepy still, the Alaska Triangle in Alaska. This is this one's a good one. It encompasses an area ranging from near Juneau in the southeast to northern Barrow region to the western metropolis of Anchorage, Alaska. It's comprised of some of the most barren wilderness in the United States. It apparently covers uh, crazed souls, rather, and lots of them. To date, 20,000 people have gone missing up there without a trace during the past half century alone. Apparently, they are being consumed by mythological beings like the beastly Tilat or the ghoulish kidnapper, the Kuala Lupalek, which um, basically, uh, we'll get into what it is, but uh, people get lost on extreme hikes or simply vanishing into a dark vortex. Now, what's a Tilat, you ask? Go ahead. Anybody ask me. Kind of like a skinwalker. Like a, like, a, like a skinwalker? No, no, no. It's described as an evil earth spirit that takes the form of a hairless dog with only hair on its paws. If a trail of dog tracks is found that suddenly disappear, run like hell because it's tracking you and it will kill you. The, the Quailu Palek is a creature of Inuit folklore. It's described as being human-like and having green skin with long hair and very long, sharp fingernails. Um, that's really creepy. Just thinking about that's creepy. Um, now, she lives in the sea, and she hums sweetly to entice children to come closer to the water. She wears a parka worn by Inuit women to hold a child against her back in a built-in baby pouch just below the hoodie, the, the head. But the Kualupele snatches them and raises them as her own. In fact, Inuit children, this is, this is just scary and creepy at the same time. The, the parents go, now, if you don't be good, the uh, Kuala Palek's going to get you. She's going to raise you on her own. You're not going to like how she raises you. Scare the shit out of kids at that age, eh? So, in 1972, House Majority Leader Hal Boggs, his Cessna was flying over the Alaska Triangle, was never heard from again. For centuries, the Inuit people have believed that trickster demons exist, luring people to an icy death. Others believe the area exists amid an electromagnetically infrared vile vortex. The area 
basically continues to claim those people and underneath a massive blanket of snow and glacier rock. It's one of the most massive and preserved graves in the known world today. Now, Jay, we get into your Arizona skinwalkers. It's so easy to feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up while driving through the, the desolated desert roads of Arizona, especially at night when you hear a short tap on your windshield or passenger side window. Here, there you are, Jay, cruising at 62 miles per hour. You see a shape-shifting, mutilated, half-human creature responsible for your high-speed interruption. Relax. It's only trying to get in your window to rip the flesh off your bones. This urban legend came about when a Navajo woman was actually found brutally murdered in Flagstaff, Arizona. The accused killer's defense in court was the attack was perpetrated by a skinwalker. There's even a ranch actually that goes by the name of Skinwalker Ranch, which I know Dave Scott from Space Out Radio talks about it, and he's actually, I think he's been there, if I don't, if uh, memory serves right. Skinwalkers have deep roots in Native American folklore. Apparently they were witch doctors originally who became an evil reflection of everything the Navajo Nation values. Basically, there are men who transformed into malevolent, murderous creatures that have no qualms using their spiritual powers, their spiritual powers, rather, to kill. Their spiritual powers? That's a good one, right, guy? Navajo medicine men are trained to learn both good and evil aspects of their medical powers. Skinwalkers are those who have turned to the dark side. Navajos strongly believe even mentioning the word skinwalker is big taboo in their culture. Just speaking about will summon an entity to draw attention to themselves and make them a target. Now, this case in June of 1987 proved this theory. Behind the Flagstaff Medical Center in Arizona, the body of a Navajo woman was found nude, beaten, and deformed in uh, numerous fatal stab wounds into her upper to torso. Her left breast appeared to have been bitten off, and the bruising on her face was so severe it left her unrecognizable. The woman was identified as Sarah Saganisto, uh, a housekeeper for the hospital. It was her first time work, working the night shift. That weekend, she turned up missing. Her car was found parked near the east wing of the hospital. Her body was found on a rocky hillside to the west. George Abrey, a former English professor at Northern Arizona University, was arrested and charged with her murder. However, Abney, I should say, not Abrey, Abney, claims he was having bizarre dreams about Saganisto's murder before it even took place. Abney confessed to the murder, but by his own admission, he was having difficulty distinguishing between dreams and reality. His defense was truly bizarre. Being a devout Christian, he truly believed he was receiving prophecies from God. However, his defense lawyer brought up another possibility. The Saganisto was actually attacked by a skinwalker. There was a broken stick across her neck and a clump of grass believed to have come from a nearby graveyard, which was left near her truck. The bite marks on the breast were presumed to have come from Abney's mouth. However, a year later, July 21st, 1988, with more corroborating evidence, Abney was actually acquitted and cleared of all charges. So you decide, was it a skinwalker or was it Abney? Next week, Arkansas, the dog boy, and uh, we will check out America's Creepiest Urban Legends. It will continue as well. So um, that's some uh, wild stuff, hey, guys? Yes, it is. Uh, I do believe uh, uh, in Canada, um, 
the uh, indigenous people have uh, a sort of same type of kind of like the skinwalker. They call right. it something different. Um, right. There's, uh, I've heard about it uh, from, uh, it's it, well, there's apparently something very similar in Ontario. Right. Um, basically, the Navajo aren't the only ones that have this type of a legend or a beast. Um, these, these legends many, don't get, get, get created. They, there's something no, that, that, that happens. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. But what I'm saying is it's not just the, the Navajo don't just have, this. Is, that's just their name for it. Yeah. Um, every other tribe has a, usually has a different name for it. It's yeah. the same beast, but it's just a different name because of the language. The language changes. Um, it's very, very interesting. Um, that's why when you said, um, when you were talking about uh, in Alaska, that's why I said Skinwalker, because it's just another variation. There's another legend that's uh, quite similar out of uh, Idaho, and I believe it has... No, 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 we'll get into that. Don't, don't spoil that for me. All, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but all I, I think all, it revolves around a massacre. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I'm going on memory. See, I've read all about all this stuff that you're talking about. I love it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of massacre, Janet, you have a thing on Daimler trucks. Yes, our zero Freightliners. <laughs> yeah, there, there, was, there was a joke there somewhere, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Freightliners are joking, but uh, apparently the... 2020 and the 2021 model. There's 24,000 trucks that are are set for this recall, and it has to do with the uh, what do they call it? Active brake assist and hazard lights. Oh, really? <laughs> the hazard lights are not compliant. So when it when it kicks in, when the, something else is not compliant. Yeah, there's so many, but active brake assist. Um, when it kicks in and if it's operated at more than 20 miles per hour, um, the lights will automatically flash, right? Your your hazard lights. Now, they've got these lights flashing at 140 flashes per minute, and I guess the regulations state that it cannot be, uh, it, it needs to be between 60 and 120. So part of the issue is that the truck decides when these come on, as opposed to the driver. And if people don't know what active brake assist is, because not everybody has it, um, it is that brake assist that helps you or prevents you from hitting something either on the side or the front of your vehicle, like say a, a car suddenly slams on the brakes or you know, you're too close to somebody, it'll automatically break. That's what it is. <clears throat> so there's a glitch in that system. Uh, Daimler has been trying to get an exemption for it, but uh, the industry has said no. It needs to be. It needs to be fixed up. So yeah, we're looking at 24,000 trucks that are, you know, three, four years old that are now being recalled for something they've had for all those years. So. Oh, you, you mean what? that? You mean that when it, when mine locks me up, yes. um, for no reason whatsoever. Yep. Uh, that's not normal. No, it's just, <laughs> just yeah. It's a recall, Jay. Yeah. You know, you're having a re you're having you're having a recall, and it's a recall. Right? Well, 
see, and, and for all these years, because like I said, we're talking 2020 and 2021 Freightliner, right? So for all these years, these trucks have been out on the road and not meeting safety standards, and Daimler has been fighting it from the get-go, saying, no, no, we need an exemption. But now they finally, they finally, uh, DOT and, and whoever regulates the, uh, the industries, um, they have stated, no, this has to be fixed because the driver has to be able to put those, those four, and it's just these four-way flashers that they're, they're talking about recalling. One thing I have noticed, I mean, I love Freightliners, don't get me wrong, they're a truck that suits my needs, I wouldn't drive any truck on the road today, but one thing I have noticed, and it's been extremely apparent um, with, with these newer trucks, there just seems to be so many issues, like, you know, uh, this one alone, um, I can give you four excellent examples, like wiper motor, you know, two speeds work, the other two don't. Okay, yeah. off, off the idle, which is a complete joke. Because yeah. you've got to get up in the morning because uh, you're going to freeze your butt off. Uh, in the middle of the night, if it's too hot, you turn it back to too cold. Then if you turn it back to too cold, you got to turn it back to... And it's supposed to be 12 o'clock. This is what I've been told. But meanwhile, it's blowing ice-cold air out of the front. And, there's, and they say, oh, that's just normal. That's the way it's supposed to. No, 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 it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> no, no, you know, do you know how damn cold it gets? Well, if you got minus 40, and then you add another minus 40 on the air conditioning, holy mother, it is so, so cold. And yeah. Like, I mean, just other little things that I just noticed, like the check engine light. I can't even tell you the last truck that I ever drove that has not had a check engine light on. They all have check <laughs> engine lights on. Yeah. Like, well, this, but, is, uh, this is the problem with technology, you know? I mean, let's face it. I think it's computers. the problem staying the Mexicans. That's what I think. Well, think about it. Computers were never meant to be put through the abuse that these trucks put them through. So the computer system inevitably will fail. Like when it fails, this is, this is this is why phones have otter boxes, right? I mean, you can't put an otter box on on the truck on the computer system in the truck to prevent these kind of issues. I think and, that and these... Then you get companies like Boeing, say, hey, let's get in bed with front freight lighter. Let's make all these drawers up here, all these good drawers here. Yep, all good, real good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and let's, let's, put them, let's put them in a freight lighter. And, uh, you know, while we're at it, let's not put nothing in the front so everything can fall when a uh, fry guy hits the ball. <laughs> everything can fall on his head. I've had that happen. Do you know that a roll of paper towel can actually hurt you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you get mad. And you, yeah. you start taking out of the paper towel. You just throw the damn thing around. And you know, you throw it, it's got a big roll of paper towel all the top of the bunk, all the way down. It's like, oh, that really helps. Yeah, yeah. The worst ones, the worst ones are to get smoked with are the blue uh, shop towels. Yeah, they're... Those, those pack a little. Those pack a little bit of weight. No, no, okay. I got a better one for you. I got a better one for you. Take your clipboard. You know those ones that fold. They fold. <laughs> they got a fold door. Let it land on your shoulder. Just oh. right. Oh. Yeah. And, and if it's inevitably, right inevitably, it's going to be the corner of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. And you just go, geez, man. Like, really? Like, you know, and it never hits my dog. No, 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 no. Always hits Fry Guy. Always, 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 always. <laughs> Bandit escapes it every time. Well, I tell you, I mean, I've, I've, I've transported some, some uh, fosters, right, and uh, rescue dogs. And sure enough, you know, when something like that comes down on them, it's like, oh, my God, the world's coming to an end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so many things that fall in these trucks now that I never saw before, and I swear to God, there's only one reason: short wheelbase trucks. Yeah, suck. Well, you know, I mean, the trucks that that our company has, they claim, oh, they're 244 inch wheelbase. No, they're not. All my trucks, the ones I used to run, were 244 wheelbase. The ones that I bought. And I can tell you that these trucks that they've got at the company are nowhere near a 244 wheelbase. I'll tell you, when I had Ocean Blue there, that truck would walk through anything. I barefooted up Snoqualmie Mountain with three feet of snow, and that thing just just chewed up the snow. This yeah. thing, you get stuck in front of a railroad track, in front of a little <laughs> bit of snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was lots of fun that night. So, yeah. Anything, anything more to add to the show before uh, we bid everybody a fond adieu for number 27? Well, actually, some news from Calgary. Deerfoot Trail was disrupted this morning. They had uh, someone pulling a loader, and it hit the 32nd Avenue Bridge. <laughs> so, no way. Second oh, Avenue Bridge is now uh, not open. The ramps are open to get off and on, but you cannot cross that bridge until they've determined whether it's safe. Because they had a bunch of concrete come down, so Deerfoot Trail this morning was down to one lane. It was horrible. So yeah, it's uh, you know again somebody obviously didn't put the arm down on on the what. What exactly was it? Uh, was some sort of construction equipment? They got a picture here. It's got, you know, uh, an excavator, I guess. So somebody didn't didn't put the bucket down properly or something, and it hit the bridge. All I can do is shake my head and go, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> you know, having hauled my fair share of equipment like that, seriously, what were they thinking? Luckily, no injuries were involved. But yeah, that was southbound Deerfoot this morning. Okay, so last but not least, the Dallas Stars, my team, have made such uh, an amazing run here uh, to get into the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They're in a good spot. And the other night, they made an amazing comeback. Uh, it was actually 4-2 to for the Seattle Kraken in Dallas. And they scored with just over three minutes to go. And they actually, it was a disallowed goal. It was uh, a goalie interference. So now they got to get two goals with three minutes to go. And generally, when a, you know you pull your goalie, you usually get one goal, but you don't get the other. So they pull the goalie. Uh, they they pull Jake Ottinger, and uh, he's the guy that had 64 saves against the Calgary Flames last year and almost beat the Flames single-handedly. Oh my dad! But anyway, um, they pull him, and Pavelski scores. Boom! So now it's four to three. Now we're down to less than a minute, and usually with less than a minute, you generally don't get the goal, but uh, they're counting it down, and they were going 15, 14, 13, 12. 
and and like Seattle was just they couldn't get the puck out of their end. And with point zero seven seconds on the clock, that's less than a second, by the way. Jamie Ben, the captain, scores, and they send it in overtime. Like talk about being elated for your team, which I was. Unfortunately, they lost in overtime, but they still got a point, and I just wanted to mention that. So, um, like I said, I don't mention hockey too often, but uh, you will hear me mention more and more because the playoffs are coming up, so I will stick in the odd playoff scenario and stuff that has happened uh, the previous night or that night. So, that's really about it. Um, my uh, biggest pylon shout-out goes to my mom, and I cannot thank her enough. Um, she filled my fridge. She filled my cooler. She filled my cooler bag. Um, then she proceeded to give me about eight more bags of stuff. And I guess, you know, moms, bless their hearts, they're great, but they don't realize what type of, uh, of storage is in the truck. Because I got everything strapped up top. But um, I love my mom dearly, and it was great having a reset with her. So I shout out this pylon for my mom, and um, uh, thank you, Mark Wade. If you, um, I gotta tell, I gotta, this I gotta share with you. I don't know if we can put this on the podcast, but it was hilarious. There was, um, somebody, somebody, uh, took a, just a horrible, horrible dump in the Senate building. Um, and if you Google it, you can actually hear the actual transcripts. And they, they, um, it was so bad that they were, uh, they were going, okay, Mr. Speaker, um, we, uh, we, we, the order is, is, uh, some conjecture. Uh, and then they were, they were just making up terms, right, to make it sound so politically correct. Like, it wasn't like, well, somebody took a dump in the building, it's permeating through the vents, and, and we're almost dying. It was, that's, 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 nobody said that. They just said, well, it was some discomfiture uh, of conjecture. Like, it was just hilarious. <laughs> if, you, if you Google it, you can actually hear it. But And then it goes, well, um, we, we don't know if uh, the... This conjecture will be uh, disconfirmed. Like, they just kept using big, stupid words and went on for like five minutes, right? They just, like, instead of somebody said, somebody took a massively stinky shit in the building and we're all dying from it. That's, what a, that's really what somebody should have said, in a, you know, in a certain terminology. But oh my God, it was so funny. If you have a chance, Google it, right? Um, just Google Senate building. Um, you know, stinky, stinky odor, and it will come up, and you will laugh your ass off, especially when you hear the uh, the, uh, uh, the oral prompts about it, right? So, but yeah, it was just funny as shit. Um, pardon the pun. Okay, so last thing before we get into one more chapter reading of temporary satisfaction is a few jokes to lighten up the mood. Everybody's got to tell a clean joke, okay? So I'll tell you one first, okay? So there's uh, there's a Frenchman, a Newfie, and a Scotsman, and they're out in the field. There's a cow. They all got to determine what kind of cow it is. So the, uh, the Frenchman said, that's a French cow. I can tell by his ears. And Newfie goes, no, no, that's a Newfie cow. I can tell by his tail. The Scotsman says, no, lassie, that's a Scottish cow. I can tell by his bagpipe. <laughs> you like that one? Okay. Next, he's got a joke. Come on, Jake. Tell us a joke. Okay, a priest and a rabbi were having lunch. A priest asked, have you ever strayed from not eating pork? And the rabbi said, uh, well, once, but there was absolutely nothing else to eat, so I had a ham sandwich. 
Well, the rabbi asked the priest, did you ever stray away from your vow of celibacy? The priest said, uh, yes, just once. And the rabbi said, sure beats a ham sandwich, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's better than mine. No, I don't know. I, didn't, that, I, had, I, I don't know clean jokes, man. I just, I'm just, I just don't. Janet, I don't you're next. Uh, here we go. A man walks into a library and asks the librarian for books about paranoia. She whispers, they're right behind you. <laughs> okay, I get that one. Well, you must have a joke. You must, I mean, you, you computer geek, you must know some jokes. Okay, how do you drown a hipster? I don't know. You throw him in the mainstream. Just think real fast. <laughs> I got a, I got another one for you. I, I got another one for you. I got another one too. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this blind guy walks into a bar, sits down, turns around to the bartender and says, "It's a real seedy biker bar," and he says, "Hey, you want to hear a blonde, a blonde joke?" Well, the big dyke blonde bartender leans forward and says, "Hey, Mister, the two bikers sitting beside you are blonde. The biker behind you is blonde. I'm blonde." And the girl beside me is blonde. Do you still want to tell that joke, mister? And he says, nah, forget it. He says, I don't want to have the problem of explaining it five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's one. There are three types of people in the world. Those who can count and those who can't. <laughs> Although I was about six months older than Dave, Dave, 
As long as I can remember, he was always busy either in the barns, milking the cows, taking karate lessons, taekwondo classes, gaming. He was also involved in acting and modeling courses in Toronto as well. I followed Dane's lead quite a bit in those days. I even decided to try the acting thing with him as well. I still recall going to Toronto with him to attend one of his acting workshops. The most unreal thing about that event was that at the time, this acting coach was talking with this incredible comic who was astounding in the art of improvisation. He had just signed on with his workshop and taking more courses to hone his craft. I was too ill-informed to decide as to whether I wanted to spend the money to take the courses with this amazing so-called Canadian-born comic. You know who that turned out to be? Jim Carrey. Needless to say, I turned down on the stupid advice by my parents. In reality, he was my kind of bodyguard and protector. Mostly everyone at high school knew of Dane's reputation as a skillful, deadly fighter. He had a talent with me, then your issue was with him too. Needless to say, I didn't encounter any physical situations with anyone at that school from there on. He and I were always pulling crazy stunts in that school too, like who could get sent out the hall the fastest. Speaking of halls, I have to enlighten you a little incident that we created. At exam time, we did the most hilarious thing, and he dared me to pull all the test postings off the school walls. Each list contained which time and the subject students were to attend. If somebody was actually monkeying around with that, it might be disastrous. As I started pulling down the list, of course it was me, there was my buddy Danger joining me in the caper as well. We're definitely a real Starsky and Hutch kind of pair of dudes. There was one class we did excel in, and that was environmental science, where we had the most fun. In that class, there was a greenhouse attached to the classroom itself. We conducted water fights with various garden hoses in that greenhouse, proceeding to soak anyone who entered those planted vines. Usually it was a dollar we only knew as Frank ended up picking on. He wasn't too bright, kind of slow in his actions, and ended up crying and bawling to the teacher about what we did. Of course, it was me, the perpetrator, and Dane would be calling me, you crazy scum bitch, as I walked out the hall. That was his nickname for me when I did off-wall things, especially when we were just hanging out. He also had another piece of advice that he often told me. Think like a machine, Jazz. You're not human, he reminded me, especially when the chips were down. In fact, I remember driving to my best friend's farm one night to participate in a real crazy drinking game of caps. As usual, I was shit-faced, no time flat, and I always seemed to leave the game after about eight or ten beers, and that's practically my limit. I was a real lightweight. So now I'm pissed drunk, and he's at least feeling giddy, happy, and absolutely feeling no pain at all. About one o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and Dane decides we need to go for a drive in the country to get some fresh air. He helps me in the truck, I climb up, good old Chevy, he starts the truck. Just then, we both hear on the radio that just three months in his term, President Ronald Reagan has been shot. He was wounded by a gunman by the name of John Hinckley Jr., but tried to kill him. Reagan's press secretary, as well as two law enforcement officers, were also injured, but at least Hinckley had now been apprehended and arrested. Violence seemed to be everywhere in the world at that time, with Pope John Paul II being wounded by some crazy gunmen. This happened in St. Peter's Square, and Vatican City was apprehended immediately and sentenced to life in prison by an Italian court. Pope later forgave the man who had done it, even became friends with him, forgiving him for the assassination attempt on his life. Mehmet Ali Agka was pardoned for his crime by Italian President Carlo Azeglio Clampy at the Pontus' request, and later deported to Turkey in June of 2000, where actually he became a priest himself. I wanted to hear more, but my buddy just slid into this cassette, this tape deck, and it was a hard rock band called Fist. I started hearing this. It was their hit song, Thunder and Rock, and did it ever kick ass. Strong guitar riffs, a loud bass drum, 
jolted me into a party mode. I was air drumming, sitting in the passenger seat, yelling at the top of my lungs to that amazing song. We were leaving his driveway and flying down some unknown back country roads. I was grinning at the top of my lungs, making a damn fool of myself, just trying to keep up with the damn rock and beat. Meanwhile, Dane's laughing, drinking his beer, yelling over me over the music. Yes, you are one crazy song bitch. He's laughing, telling me doing his version of air guitar on the steering wheel of this music. Nevertheless, we had company on our tails that night. A dumbass farm cop, we called him. But he has no match for my good friend Dane. No, no, no. Dane knew these country roads so well. We'd driven down them so often, whether it was sober or drunk. Then my crazy friend speeds up, just floors it, and clouds of gravel-like dust came behind us. Unexpectedly, he did something I'll never forget. He turned off his headlights and performed the sharpest right and left turns I've ever seen. He slammed on his brakes and careened to a large batch of hay bales around somebody's barn. Police cruisers sped by us and all the dust, and we were home free. After that episode of brilliant offensive driving, in my opinion, I ended up at a variety store when Dane decided he had the munchies. I was still very much intoxicated, so it decided for me to stay in the truck so I didn't hurt myself. There I was, sitting there in my truck, singing thunder and rock, drooping my head out the shoulder passenger window. Back then, it been a spring thaw, with the immense amount of snow we received from old man winter, it was melting at a rapidly deteriorating pace. But Steve had it, he parked his truck by a very deep and round oozing mud puddle, and my smashed state of mind, we I kind of focused right on it. Subsequently, I rolled out of the, the, he rolled out of the store, but I was nowhere to be found inside the truck. As he quickly noticed his odd sense of circumstances, Dane walked over to the passenger side of the vehicle and started calling my name. Jazz, Jazz, Jazz! There I was down on the mud puddle, sputtered face, face down, blowing mud bubbles. He grabbed me by my soaked jacket and picked me up and placed me in the truck. I was a complete trench mess and cried the dirty water and mud. Finally arrived at my house as he drove up our long driveway because I was in no shape to drive, let alone walk. He helped me out of his truck, propped me up against the back door with a broomstick under my left arm, put my other arm on the door handle, knocked on the door. Mom answers the door, falls into her arms, we'll knock her down the steps, and he starts squealing his tires, laughing, and he's driving away. My mother answers, and uh, she says, uh, I don't really like that, Dane. Gray, she's yelling at the top of her lungs. Needless to say, she wasn't really impressed, and she didn't have a good opinion of my best friend by that time. Yes, for his never-say-die attitude. Well, I used that psychology quite a bit as a hormone-budding teenager when I started dating this girl, Sarah Wonderland. She was this boxum, beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, 18-year-old girl that I met at the high school dance one evening. Sarah was extremely shy, but despite that, I was drawn to her mainly because of her large breasts. I harken back to the time when we were parked in my dad's truck at Southside Park one summer night. That was the spot where you meet out, and as luck would have it, we were the first ones there. I guess I was playing a little game when she tried to kiss me, and I pulled back teasing her. As she came toward me, she smashed our face, pulling back, and she grabs my face with her hand. There goes my teeth. Can't believe it. For the third time in two years, my left front tooth was chipped, and it was previously capped, and now it's chipped again. Only this incident was worse, as not only was the cap chipped by another portion of my tooth, so off to the family dentist I went the next morning, trying to explain that one. Sarah felt pretty bad about the whole thing, so she invited me over for supper at the house, Sweetberg, and the following weekend. As planned, I went over to their farm, and her mom made me a delicious salary steak dinner. After supper, Sarah and I went out on the back porch and started necking with a very protective father watching the whole thing from the kitchen window. Next thing I knew, Sarah was told to get back in the house, and I was escorted off the property with an old rusty shotgun aimed at my back, telling me to stay away from his damn daughter. The man was awesome, crazy, or maybe a bit overprotective. What do you think?
So, where's that sounds? My new girlfriend moved out the following week. She's moved into town with brother Chase. His wife and their two small children became the perfect relationship. Not only did she now live down the street from me, Carol also babysat her brother's kids in lieu of their room and board. I even bought her brother's damn car that was parked in his backyard. Here's the funny part, it didn't even run. I mean, I didn't even have a motor in it, under the hood. I just saw those chrome, shiny, silver star mags on those big, fat, slick tires. I wanted it. Could have been a tin can with big, slick tires and mag rims, and I'd buy it. Mag wheels for teenagers were great in that era. My brother desperately wanted to get rid of it, so he sold it to me for near 50 bucks. In fact, I thought this car had so much potential, he offered it to tow it my house, helped me locate a appropriate motor for it. My plan was to fix it up, make it my summer car, but it never got out of our driveway. Can't say there was any substance in that relationship, just sex. That pretty much ended everything, maybe a month or two. Chapter 11, next week, sleazy job hunting. Stay tuned.